Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, Nets world? Thank you for once again tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. As always, this is your host, Cody Mallory. You can find me on Twitter at RealCodyMallory. I am once again joined by Anthony Dittmar. On Twitter, he's at AnthonyDittmar underscore. And we are delighted to be joined by Joe Farrow again on Twitter. That is at SwampDragonStan. You might have noticed he was missing last episode, but we are very happy to have him back. How's it going, guys? What's good, bro? What's good? Glad to have you back, Joe. Yeah, that was uh, that that was my bad. The the time change in our recording screwed me up, but I'm very happy to be back. <laughs> yeah, man. Like my, it's been a wild, wild couple days since we last talked. Me and Anthony, and even wilder since Joe was here. Um, yeah. But before we dive into everything, there's a ton to talk about. As always, Anthony. Quickly starts with our around the league, kind of the important stuff that's been going on. So, yeah, one of the biggest things that we said last episode was COVID. It's getting worse. The Chicago Bulls now have nine players in protocol. For those who are not familiar, there's 15 players on that basketball team. So they really can't fill in players because some of the replacement players got COVID as well. I think one of them was Stanley Johnson. So the Bulls have been suspended play for at least their next two games. We'll see if it'll be more. A lot of players just like popping up and going to the health and safety protocols. They were up to like 30 players total now which is kind of crazy considering where we are as a country right now, that a lot of cases are rising. But aside from that, we had the Damian Lillard rumors going up. And then once again, Dame shooting him down. That's such a weird situation. I, I don't know what's going on there. Cause I feel like there's a lot of leaks from either the front office or from Dame or the Blazers less committed than Dame is to them. So that's something to monitor as December 15th is only two days away now where everyone is eligible to be traded. That was signed this off season. And speaking on that, the Ben Simmons trade rumors have also heated up the same reasons. December 15th, a lot of guys are more eligible to be traded. A lot of names like the Knicks saw the Kings saw the T wolves uh, popping up in trade rumors. Um, on the inquiring about Ben Simmons, uh, we saw Steph Curry's on the three point watch to break Ray Allen's record. He's playing against Indiana next, and then the Knicks it could be one of those next two games. So keep an eye on that as he breaks the all time record. And there is uh, some other big news uh, going on in the NBA that's kind of particular to Nets world. Cody, do you want to lead us? Kyrie. In? Uh, Kyrie. <laughs> Yeah, so today, out of nowhere, following Kevin Durant's 51-point burger last night, we all got news from the great Shams about optimism of Kyrie Irving returning in the near future to our Brooklyn Nets. Um, What kind of detail on that return was not stated, but there is increased communication and enthusiasm between Kyrie and Kevin Durant 
which obviously you love to hear. They're talking about basketball, breaking down film, kind of integrating Kyrie's role into this team. So I was thrilled. I actually woke up from a nap, and the first thing I saw was my phone blowing up. I was like, oh, God, what's happening now, man? Like, it's been a wild couple of days. I saw the Kyrie news, and I, I was hyped, absolutely hyped. Unreal, honestly. Like, even to nowhere, like you said, like it was a not, you should have like these kind of Friday night news dumps where it's like usually bad news, but like usually when you have good news, something like Monday morning is a good time to do it because it opens up like the work week, people are active on their phones, office chatter. And we see the Kyrie news come out. I wonder personally, I think this comes from the Kyrie camp and not the Brooklyn Nets camp because in the past, I've like I've read that the Nets kind of like are more connected to Woj. So I'm wondering if this is Kyrie's camp kind of like saying like we're kind of ready to get back into game shape because obviously, as you know, Kyrie has a lot of money, but seven losing 17 million in salary is definitely not something Kyrie's probably thrilled about. <laughs> Shams did note though that it could be a, in part time fashion, like they said, or it's in full time fashion, like open to vaccination. If it's the full time, I think it was it was on Kyrie's decision. If it's the part time, I think Kevin Durant put the pressure on Joe Desai. That's not, that's the way I see it. If I don't know about you guys, yeah, what I'm seeing is well, it's great news first of all. But if it is vaccination related, the one thing that I am worried about is starting December 27th, the NBA is requiring all players to get their second shot. So if Kyrie was to get vaccinated. He would need to get it like now because it's like what, like two weeks in between. And then like by that point, December 27th rolls around. He could be missing a few more games if he doesn't have a second shot by that point. So that's for all that's players. The one thing, like, that's what the, they do. Like Bradley Beal. Can Bradley Beal be ineligible to play now? That I, I really am not too sure, but I did see that December 27th, they're requiring the second shot. I know Canada is starting to enforce it like big time. So if you're going yeah. to play Toronto, like like guys like Bradley Beal and and like Jonathan Isaac and just off the top of my head, those guys, they won't be able to go to Canada to play the Raptors. But uh yeah, so December twenty seventh is the second shot requirement. So that might lead to Kyrie missing a few more games. If he does get the vaccine, we don't know what the full details are about him possibly coming back, if it's gonna be part time or if he's gonna get vaccinated, but I'll be happy with either one. I just want to see that guy play basketball again. Right. So, like, uh, based off what Joe just said, I don't think we're going to see Kyrie in that short term of the future anyways, where that second shot rule will impact him. We all know the Nets. They always go through 17 years of ramp-ups before they're allowed to actually see the court. So I think it's more of signaling to that Kyrie is going to be practicing with the team. And if if I could jump in. If yeah. I could jump in with one thing, they did say there was like the report, I think it was from Kyrie's camp a couple, like a week ago that said like, if like, say the mandate was lifted today, Kyrie could come back and play 30 minutes a game easily. Like he's that he's ramped up already and his condition right. is doing really well. So that's, that's all I wanted to add, but the Nets would still probably be cautious. Yeah. The Nets would definitely still be cautious. Um, but regardless, like Joe, I think it was Joe Anthony Owl of us who probably said it. It's great news. And no matter what capacity he's able to play, whether it's just away games in the beginning and he's practicing with the team, playing away games while he's thinking more about the vaccine or researching more about the vaccine or even talking to his teammates, being around him about the vaccine. And then it transitions into full time before the playoffs. However, it ends up going. It's great news for the Nets. 
Um, it'll take the load off of Kevin Durant and James Harden, who've been playing a ton of minutes this year. And it'll knock some players out of the rotation who shouldn't be in the rotation. I won't name any names, but we all know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> it's, he, it's he who shall not be named. We all know it's, who you're yeah, talking we about. Don't, but, but, yeah, just all in all, it's, it was a great surprise on this Monday morning to start it's the Definitely game. a step in the right direction, for sure. Right. It's definitely better than the other news of the Nets are trying to trade Kyrie Irving. So, which never happened, by the way. That was all bullshit. Yeah, that that, that right was now. also that was also in the athletic article. It said teams had been calling the Nets since like October twelfth, and right. they've never engaged. Right. Right. Yes. So, all you Kyrie Irving haters, sucks to suck, but he will be back on a basketball court sooner rather than later. I guess probably January. The, I was just going to say, you guys want to make think. bold predictions on when we see him and what capacity we see him before January, we go on? Full-time player. January, I'm sorry, I, what kind of player? Full-time. Full-time? I, okay, I'll, say, I'll say January part-time. Yeah, you guys are being optimistic. I'm, I'm going to go February. I think he's going to start practicing with the team by January. But I don't think we'll actually see him in a game until February. And I believe it'll be part time to start. And then it will transition into full time before we get into the playoffs. Yeah. Because Kyrie, Kyrie, if we know anything about Kyrie, he's in the mentality where, like, he's gone on record to say he really, like, despises not playing basketball. Like, I think I forget which it, it was in the ETC's podcast with Kevin Durant. And he said he was in the mindset when he was in the playoffs where they won the championship in 2016 that he um, that like once the games were over, it sent him into like a very like depressing mindset to where he realized he's like, wait, there's no more games. And just like he just didn't he didn't really fully grasp that. And he just wanted to keep playing basketball, which is why he was so eager to go to the Olympics that year. And so he really does love playing the game of basketball. So once I feel, I feel like once he's in that, that mindset of he's able to play basketball again, I feel like it won't be that long until he like, he might give in. And if it's in a part-time capacity to start to just get it, get his vaccines and really be all in. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm excited to see what the future holds with Kyrie. Um, Anything else you guys want to mention with that or. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah I'm ex- I'm excited, but we still we still gotta wait and see. Yeah, of course, but it's definitely like we said, it's trending in the right direction now. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So before we go into how our picks did last week, Joe, oh. on the episode you missed, me and Anthony talked about the NBA player. Well, actually, not even NBA. It could be a basketball player, any basketball player that made you fall in love with the game of basketball. Um, yes. Mine was Jason Kidd. I, we went through some of the Twitter. Um, Anthony, if you want to just remind everyone who yours was. Mine was Vince Carter. So, Joe, who was your player that kind of made you fall in love with the game of basketball? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm younger than both of you guys. So, like, I started watching late. I started watching around the time I was, like, 14. So, and I'm, I'm 20 right now. So, I started watching right when the Nets had picked up, like, KG, Paul Pierce. But I fell in love with basketball because of iso joe joe johnson that was my guy i i was a huge joe johnson guy i loved watching him every night and i i i do miss that guy miss watching that guy play but he's putting up highlight reels in the big three still so that's exciting for him 
But, yeah, Joe Johnson was my guy. He made me fall in love with basketball. Spoiler, all three of us love Joe Johnson. Me and Anthony both stated on the last pod that he's our favorite player still in the Brooklyn Nets era, not the New Jersey Nets, yeah. but the Brooklyn Nets era, and he is Joe's player that made him fall in love with basketball. I will say though, Katie's yep. definitely going up those rankings. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah I think when it's all I think when it's all said and done, Katie's gonna be uh Katie's yeah. gonna be the top the top spot. If Katie holds up Larry O'Brien, I think I'd have to make an understandable change. Hold up. <laughs> If? if bro come on now if? i believe in i believe in i believe in bad jinxing last year i was almost guaranteeing it and we saw what happened so i'm gonna say if and be uh optimistic all right fair fair enough i suppose <laughs> um all right so let's go through our picks i was two and two um I don't want to talk about it. I lost the Rockets game, which honestly, Kevin Durant didn't play. So that's not fair, but a loss is a loss. Wait. I believe Joe, oh, I heard that. I believe Joe was also two and two, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had us, I had us losing to the Hawks and I also lost the, uh, I also lost the Rockets game. Yeah. I was, um, I started off 0-2 on the week. Luckily, I bounced back strong with 2-2 two two to close out the week. And then Anthony, Mr. Sports betting guru genius man over here, went 3-1. and one. Yes, sir. I, I, I had confidence. I had a 4-0 week. I don't think if Kevin Durant played against the Rockets, I would have been uh, correct in my picks. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I might have a new strategy going forward, but I can't reveal it to you guys. So we'll you get to our picks every for this week. <laughs> you're gonna yeah, you're gonna pick us to lose to the bad teams. We already know. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony might have just read my mind, but we'll get to our picks for this upcoming week at the end of the episode. We're gonna keep um, standings for the whole season though and see who wins the wins the year. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You wanna do that, Anthony? You got that? Yeah, I got that. I got that. Don't worry. All right. So let's dive right into the first game since we last talked. We have two to cover. It was the Atlanta Hawks game. Um, unfortunately, I was working, but I did record it. So I saw most of the game, but I'll let you guys kind of leave the talk in this one. Um, for me, it was probably the Nets' best win of the season. Um, they had a playoff feel, defeated an elite offense, and the Nets were able to score with them. But like I said, you guys can go, and then I'll kind of fill in as I feel need for this game. So, yeah, um, like you said, I think it was our best well-rounded played game of the year. We did end the start of the second half, like not the best, went down in like a little run. But the, like I think the Claxton weapon on defense now, we stayed in for the second half, is honestly one of the Nets' like best weapons down the stretch where he can kind of just guard anybody. His defense on Trey Young was, re- was incredible. In the fourth quarter, the Nets closed it out really well. Like they played almost flawless basketball down the stretch. Their new MO this past like week and a half is like clamps in the fourth quarter. Like they've really been holding teams down on defense and when it gets into those situations. Kevin Durant had one of his normal games, like 31 points, uh 12 22 shooting. James Harden actually had an efficient night. Um, Patty Mills struggled a little bit. Aldridge looked looked like his usual self, and Cam Thomas honestly looks so comfortable out there. It's insane. Him and KD and Harden have this crazy connection. And Cam Thomas is moving up like the rankings on this Nets team in terms of like Steve Nash's trust tree, like unreal. Overall, great way to end the uh, end the game, though. Yeah, I I thought the same thing. I I'm starting to feel like I don't want to compare us to the greatest regular season team of all time, but the 73 and nine Warriors they had this mo where 
they were lights out in the third quarter every single night. It feels like that's the Nets with the fourth quarter on both ends of the floor. Like the last, like I know we're only talking about the Hawks game right now, but both both games we outscored the our the teams we played against by by uh, double digits in the fourth, and we held our opponents to under twenty points in the fourth. So we we really have been locking teams down in the fourth quarter and and really exploding offensively. And Anthony, I want to add to your Cam Thomas uh, your Cam Thomas analysis. I saw a stat he is he has scored 11 or more points in five of the six games this year where he's played more than 20 minutes so he's he's really starting to come up into his own and he's getting consistently over 20 minutes now per game so it's very it's very nice to see and the hawks it was it was definitely a good game it was great fourth quarter more than anything we felt we uh kind of were slacking a little bit in the third which seems to kind of be a theme with us but the fourth quarter, we really turned it up. It was a really good win. Yeah, just to uh, kind of feed into that fourth quarter thing um, against the Mavericks on Tuesday, the Nets gave up 13 points in the fourth quarter against the Hawks on Friday. The Nets gave up 14 points in the fourth quarter. And against the Pistons on Sunday, the Nets gave up 13 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. A lot of that has to be. A lot of it has to do with the lineup that Steve Nash is throwing out there for a majority, if not all, of that fourth quarter where he's going with, obviously, Claxton, who's been amazing since he's come back, and then James Johnson as well. They've got length. They've got – they can switch everything with Durant, James Johnson, Claxton. They can all guard one through five. And even James Harden. Everyone hates on him for being a minus defender. But his defense in the low post, when he gets switched on to a big, he is just so strong down there that, yes, he doesn't have the size or height to contest it, but you can't move him down there. So if you want to finish on Harden down low, you have to literally catch the ball on the block or shoot over him for a fadeaway jump shot because he's not moving. And that has been very underrated and not talked about enough this season. I definitely agree with that. He's he's definitely shown that he has the strength to really take like the bigger guys in the post and and actually be able to contest some of these shots very decently. People talk people talk about his weight and stuff, but it, it might be playing to his advantage in that <laughs> aspect to where he actually has the muscle and the mass to be able to body these guys up down there. Oh, well, they they post too, they, especially. They, They've been saying that dad bods are in, so like James Harden's kind of <laughs> rocking, you know. <laughs> He's the next Jonah Hill, honestly. Like some days he looks bigger than he doesn't. It's like he, <laughs> he has a new body type. I think I think that title probably goes to Zion, though. That guy is like he's he transforms like every other picture we see. Yeah, it looks like he's three hundred pounds or like a bulk ass two twenty. <laughs> that is actually sad. So we didn't mention that in our like roundup, but that's crazy what's going on with him and the Pelicans. Yeah, another another setback for him. Very very unfortunate. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Claxton did not play a single minute in the first half against the Hawks. Correct? He did not. I remember he, they brought yeah. him. Yeah, I think. What What are you guys' thoughts on that? You think that was like a plan? Let's save him. He's not conditioned enough to play the whole game, and we need him. We'll keep it close, and then blow him out in the fourth. Or like, do you think it was just Nash being Nash and be like, "Oh, I'm not going to play him right now because he shouldn't be in the game." See, I think it was a mixture of all of that. I think it's like his conditioning. They kind of want to like put his minutes 
strategically. And also, I don't know if they thought he would fare well against like the bigger Clint Capella. So, yep. I mean, I really, I think it's like a mix of that, like just trying to like balance his minutes as well as find favorable matchups for him. But he's, he has been very good in the fourth quarter, no matter, like, no matter who he went against. He did good against, like, obviously Isaiah Stewart's a, a big guy. He did really well against him in the Pistons game, too. So it, it's very uh, pleasing to see. Because uh, the first couple games where he came back, he got into a lot of foul trouble. But it seems like now as, he, as he's getting his legs under him more, he's definitely, it definitely seems like he's getting better and better each game. Yeah, that's just really, I think he's saving him for the fourth quarter in the second half made sense, given that he played a lot the last few games. He was getting ramped up. I think as time goes on, he's going to be up to that 30 to 35-minute mark. His offense definitely keeps him off the court in some situations where he's just not reliable making free throws, getting his own shot. But when the Nets need to get stops and they have, like, they can get, like, this Kyrie thing is interesting. So if you have Kyrie back, you really don't need that much offense on the court. If you have, like, if you have Kyrie, Durant, Harden, let's say Joe Harris or Patty Mills, let's say, you wouldn't afford to put a Nick Claxton out there because you already have enough offense as is, and you can be like your defensive anchor of that closing unit. Yeah, even even with Cam Thomas on, even with Cam Thomas on the floor, that's the same thing. Like if you have KD, KD Harden, Cam, or any variation of like Cam Patty or Joe Harris is out there, you don't you don't really need that much offense. That's like more for lineups where like they want to throw, where they throw lineups where they have like Bruce Brown and Bembry in at the same time, along with KD and Harden. That's when Aldridge is there and he has his time to shine. I agree completely. Um, yeah, so the Nets won the game against the Hawks, obviously, and they shot 26% from three, and they only made six threes that game, which I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but I'm assuming the Nets' record when making less than 10 threes a game is not very good. Probably not. But they, they, got, a, they got a big boost from Bruce Brown against the Hawks. He went six of nine from the floor, and he, he had 15 points. He he even knocked down. He he even knocked down one of the threes. So right. he 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 was very good against the Hawks, and it was it was good to see from him. Yeah, and Cam Thomas hit three or four, so he hit half of the next threes. I can if he can keep shooting the ball well, he's going to keep playing. And like you guys yeah. said, he just he looks so comfortable out there. And I don't want to take away any credit from Cam because he's obviously incredibly talented and great, but he is a rookie. And I really think that relationship with Kevin Durant and James Harden, who are like two of the biggest names in all of sports, not just the NBA, his relationship with them of like joking and going back and forth and them really taking him underneath his wing, their wing is really helping out Cam Thomas. I, I agree completely. There's a, it was funny. Did you see KD's interview after I think, yeah, it was the Hawks game. Katie's post-game interview, they were asking about his relationship with Cam Thomas. KD said he loves to see that. He really wants that moment where he really wants the ball. And KD said there was one of the plays Cam was, like, open, like, uh, on the wing cross court. And Cam started yelling, seven, seven, I'm open, I'm open. And and, Cam, and KD goes, he was like, yeah, Cam, I see you, dog. But, <laughs> but like, I, I need this one. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I saw I saw that actually. That video was hilarious. Like, Cam, I see you, dog. <laughs> yeah. He goes, Cam, I, I, I see you, dog. The guy, that, that I found very funny. And KD, after the, after the Pistons game, it was, uh, he had another funny one. They told him that uh, in the new uh, Pistons arena, they, he broke Blake Griffin's scoring record in that building. So, and he, he, he found that pretty funny. So that, he said, he, he said it makes him very happy that he broke Blake's record. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I love watching Kevin Durant in press conferences. He's hilarious. Everyone is always like, oh, he's a snake, he's whatever. I find him to be very personable and very funny. Yeah, he. I, I definitely agree. He's very, like, until, like, you actually get to, like, watch the guy and see how he interacts with people, he's, he's a very comical and very he's, – he's human, <laughs> after all. He is. It's very funny. Right. Right. Um, all right. So let's dive into speaking, well, speaking of Kevin Durant. Let's dive into the Pistons game. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really know how to start. Um, maybe Kevin Durant should get fined more. Maybe he should yell at fans more. Um, maybe he should shoot more. I don't really know. But obviously, Kevin Durant is the entire storyline of this game. He scored 51 points on 31 shots, which is incredible. Um, everyone always says Kevin Durant didn't shoot enough. He cares more about efficiency, blah, blah, blah. Kevin Durant reminded everyone that any given night when he wants to, he can go out and score 50. He even said after the game when he was walking past, once again, Cam Thomas, that's light work for me. Just reminding the <laughs> rook of who Kevin Durant is and how genuinely easy it comes to him for him to score. Um, he was being double teamed all night, triple teamed on times, but he was just shooting over it, getting to his spots. And it was a tight game. So, like, it wasn't one of those games where Kevin Durant scored 50 in a game that was meaningless and that's up big and he was just getting his. For the most part, the Nets needed every single one of those 51 points to win this game against the Detroit Pistons without James Harden. Um but you guys want to talk about this. All I have to say is Kevin Durant. Like, that's all I want to talk about. But you guys can analyze more of the game part of it. Yeah, I. it was insane. Just It was ridiculous. There were so many uh, of those points that were KD catching the ball at the three-point line, making one move, getting to the mid-range. There's two people with two hands in his face, and he's just shooting right over them, and he's nailing it. It was it was just ridiculous. Kevin Durant reminded everybody why he should be the MVP of this league and why he is the best player on the planet. It was it honestly, it really was unbelievable. It was it was just astonishing to watch. And no James Harden, uh, it was very close. I believe, yeah, we were outscored in the second and third quarter from the Pistons. We kind of like took our foot off the gas a little bit. We had a double-digit – we had, like, close to a double-digit lead, and then all of a sudden the Pistons went on a 13-0 run. I believe it was in the third quarter, and and they were over. And then I believe the stat was, I think after that run, KD scored, like, 35 of the Nets' next 50 points in the second half, which was just – it was – it's unreal. It really is. <laughs> I, I don't know how to really put it into words. And then they – they the Pistons scored one point in the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter, and we just took over. We outscored them thirty to thirteen in the fourth, and Kevin Durant just I, I can't even put it into words. I really can't. He's just unbelievable. So that that there's my take on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was so I actually was at the Seahawks Rockers game, so I just saw the highlights of the um the Nets game, but Kevin Durant, I saw it was like one of the most quiet 51 point games, like or 50 plus point games you've ever seen. Cause it was just like so like effortless and it kind of like all the offense ran through him and the Pistons were like throwing everything at him and they really couldn't really just do anything about it. It's just talent outplayed like a lack thereof. And yeah, just all around just great performance by the Nets to kind of like not let them 
fall apart in that fourth quarter. I feel like a lot of times last year, the Nets fell apart in the fourth. Like, yeah, we've had our problems this year with some of the good teams, but we're under, like, undermanned. But, like, games like that, you definitely don't want to drop a game to a team on a 10-game losing streak. So, great great job to uh, be resilient without James Harden and uh, Paul Millsap. Um, just a little, just a little yeah, sidestep. Yeah. Kind of got some breaking news. Paul, yeah. Paul Millsap has just entered the league's COVID protocol, uh, reported by Woj and Malika Andrews literally 30 seconds ago. Um, so, yeah, obviously, hope – Paul's good. Um, he was at a basketball game, though. Like, in turn, and like, I think he went home after the Atlanta game, like, while the rest of the team traveled to Detroit. So, hopefully, he was isolated because, tech- like, not isolated right. from the team. So, like, maybe it will be okay. Yeah, that, that literally just happened. So, um, I mean, I'm not too, I, in terms of the team aspect, I, I hope Paul's good, but um, I hope uh, we've dealt without Paul. For uh, probably it feels like more than five games this year. He's he's missed a couple of games for personal reasons and other things. So um, I think as a team we'll be okay. Blake Griffin in the minutes that he's played in the last couple of games, he's actually looked pretty solid. Not really offensively still, but he's still contributing uh, defensively and those hustle plays that Blake has been has become known for with the Nets. So. We have we have the bodies to be able to replace it. Just hope that it doesn't spread amongst the team. So that that's that's my take on it. I hope Paul I hope Paul's okay though. For sure, for sure. Um, just a little couple last finishing things on the Pistons game. Um, Kevin Durant, besides his fifty-one points, also had nine assists, which is just absurd because not only was he scoring, but he was getting. His teammates involved pretty much the entire offense, as expected, ran through Kevin Durant. Um, if Cam Thomas is listening to this podcast, I doubt he is, but you can bust Kevin Durant a little bit because you were a plus 27 while Mr. Great Kevin Durant was only a plus 25. So <laughs> that's one thing. That's one thing you got on Cam. Like, that's one thing. But the 41 the minutes. <laughs> What's up, Joe? You can go. Now the other thing I forgot to mention with uh the Blake uh not the Blake the Kevin Durant press conference they a- they asked him uh do you do you know do you ever wonder what you would average if you did put up thirty shots every night and he goes he goes nah I don't even want to do that <laughs> he goes that's too many <laughs> shots that's too many shots for me to put up every night so that's, that's something that he's, he's not too worried about. But, I mean, if he averaged 30 shots a night, he would average 40 points easily. Easily. <laughs> easily, 100%. It would be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to kind of continue the Kevin Durant discussion, um, the basketball reference released their MVP tracker today, a couple hours ago in the afternoon. And it goes as following. Number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number two, Steph Curry. Number three, Nikola Jokic. And Kevin Durant doesn't come in until number four. Wow. Which, and then they even go further. Chris Paul at five, Gobert at six. And then they have James Harden at number seven, which is surprising for me. They have Jarrett Allen at number eight. Hey, <laughs> which MVP? I yeah, has Jared Allen been absolutely amazing this year? Yes, but MVP is interesting. Donovan Mitchell at nine, and then Demar Derozan at ten. 
what are your guys' thoughts on that list? Joe, uh, you can go first. Yeah, go first. Uh, okay, so one, good for Jared Allen. I mean, that's more like he's having a great year and the Cavs are having success. So I think they felt like they really needed to put somebody up there. And, you know, good for Jared Allen. But let's be real. Once you get out of the top five in the MVP ladder conversation, <laughs> it, it's all irrelevant. But Kevin Durant at four is, is surprising. I'm not. I'm not really sure why he's that low. Maybe it's because he's rested a couple games, but he he's just proving every single night that he steps on the court that he's the best player in basketball. Uh, I mean, and I'm surprised that Giannis is ahead of Steph Curry for that matter. I mean, Curry Curry has been unreal. There's been like one or two games where he's really just struggled, but Curry and KD. I thought it was really a two man race. Giannis, all due respect to him, that guy's amazing, but. Uh, I really, I would have thought that it was Steph and KD at one and two in no particular order. You going Joe, on, Joe? Crap. Let me well, hold on, Anthony. One second, Joe. Let me uh, help you out here. Kevin Durant at four isn't surprising. It is absolutely criminal to have yeah. Kevin Durant at four. Not surprising. <laughs> not like oh wow, like oh he's pretty low. No, it is criminal. Like it should not be allowed. But you could go now, Anthony. <laughs> yeah. So looking at Vegas right now, Vegas has uh, Curry one, Durant two, and big gap then Giannis and Jokic. Um, I think MVPs are very narrative based a lot of the times. They shouldn't be. So I do think Steph kind of has that like darlingness to like this MVP race. He has a three point thing going on. He has like the Kevin Durant of his team, so he's like kind of more of a likable guy again type of thing like he's, he did on his own that ha- had KD for years now he could do it on his own again so I feel like that definitely plays into account that like fresh faces and it's been like four or five years since Nick's Curry's won MVP and then the, the Durant thing I think he's definitely up there too 100% I think this week he definitely I thought he passed Curry this week because the Warriors have struggled they've gone three and three in the last six and Curry had a couple bad games in a row shooting wise I think he's forcing a little bit to get to that record um, Giannis and Jokic have been great, but I just knowing that how they, they vote, I really don't think they're gonna give it to Giannis or Jokic because they both won the most recent ones. I do think it's a two man race. The my will say this though if Kyrie Irving does return to full time capacity, let's say like next month, I really think it's gonna hurt Kevin Durant's MVP case, but it's gonna help the Brooklyn Nets. And you play for the, the championship and not for the MVP, it'd be cool to have an MVP. But if Kyrie comes back in full-time capacity, it's going to definitely give Durant's numbers a, a hit, to say the least. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, the, the basketball reference must not watch Brooklyn Nets games because if you watch James Harden at all this year, he is not top 10. <laughs> I mean, I, I love I love James Harden, but, like, it's just – he is not a top 10 in the MVP race right now. He should not be anywhere close. And here to think, I almost saw we got through an episode without any James Harden slander right at the end. Joe's got to speak it in. <laughs> Come on, you know, you know, I you mean, know I've, uh, that's just not the case. We were all thinking it. Like, don't get me wrong. I know me and Anthony <laughs> yeah. were both thinking it. <laughs> that brought it up. But um, all right, for MVP ladder, Kevin Durant is one. I don't care who's two, and let's move on. <laughs> That's my take on it. So injury report for this upcoming week or currently is pretty much the same besides that Paul Millsap news that just broke. Um, still have the Kyrie situation, obviously, and Joe Harris. And now Paul Millsap, who is away for personal leave. Um, so like Anthony said, we don't know what kind of extent contact tracing or whatever is going to be. But I'm assuming Paul Millsap will be out. Um, so there's not a whole lot to talk about with injuries on the nets, which is a good thing because you usually don't get that fortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
let's go preview for the game tomorrow, which personally I am extremely excited for as I will be going to the Clays for the first time since 2019 in the playoffs against the Sixers. I am really, really nervous right now about this COVID news because if I don't get to see Kevin Durant and James Harden play, I am going to be very, very, very upset. But let's try to ignore that. Um, The Raptors, obviously, they're like an average team, I would say. They're not good. They're not bad. But it seems like the Nets are pretty much involved in every game until the fourth quarter. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. You guys have any takes you want to give on it or kind of just a wait and see, especially with the COVID thing now? Um, definitely a wait and see in terms of like who's going to be available. Like I said, hopefully it happens like while he was away from the team so not more players get infected because I think we could just survive the lack of Paul Millsap with all due respect. But I think the Raptors are like a below average team. They definitely can like, – like they're not something to take lightly. They're not like the Pistons or the Magic because they do have some guys right. like uh, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, et cetera. I think the Nets, the, one of these games, the Nets are a better team. They should win. Like, it comes down to that. Yeah, I I, be, I agree. I, I don't really have much to add to this game. I'm just ready to give our uh, game-by-game predictions for the for this slate this week. All right, let's get to it. So, Toronto Raptors, I'm taking a win. Joe? I'll take I'll take a win. I do, I do, expect, I do expect Fred Van Vliet to drop 30-plus, though. That's fair. I'm going to go with the win as well. All right. So three wins from us, the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday. I unfortunately will be taking a loss. Anthony? Uh, it's tough. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the win. <laughs> Joe? I'll, I'll take a win because I'll ride Anthony's hot hand. smart man damn it i should let anthony pick first (laughs) and then saturday against orlando i I, i'm taking a a win like anthony i don't need your opinion on this one i'm gonna go myself with the win (laughs) joe not like anthony took before you this time (laughs) yeah i'll i'll take a win on this one too i do expect either harden or kd to rest this one though I'm gonna take a win, and I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's. I'm sorry, it's the first half of a back-to-back as well, so that's why. Yeah, I feel like we every time we play Orlando, it's the, it's a back-to-back, so I feel like we kind of keep disrespecting <laughs> them with that way. But I'm gonna go with the win as well. All right, and then against Denver on Sunday, I'm taking a win because I will not predict a not plus five hundred week. Joe. I'll take a loss against the Nuggets because that's I took three wins in a row. <laughs> and I'm gonna take a I'm take a win. All oh, right, so I guess we don't need to ask Anthony anymore. He's picking a win every game the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like they're they're on a the solid week. They got to build a home stand. They've been eleven and two on the road, and uh, eleven three on the road, and eight and five at home. So I feel like they're gonna try to get it close. All right. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. This is your host, Cody Mallory. I was joined by Joe and Anthony once again. As always, please like, subscribe, and follow the podcast and interact with us on Twitter. Thank you, and let's go Nets.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.